And Lord, we thank you so much that Jesus came into the world, into the darkness of this world to bring us hope and life. Uh, the gospel of good news where we're forgiven of our sins and Jesus, you give us your righteousness and your hope. Uh, and so I pray uh, that we would grow in that this week, even as we uh, go through the Easter celebration. And Lord, um, if, if these things are new to us or if we have doubts that you would meet us in the midst of that um, as well, and you would bless Josh and Val as they share tonight. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. So Josh Shainer, take it away, Brand. All right. What's going on, guys? Um, so yeah, uh, I don't think some of some of you have heard the story, but this this will probably be new for both of you. So yeah, you know, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Josh. Um, I'm a third year intern here with RUF. Um, and so uh, for me. Um, I was one of those people who grew up in the church. I grew up in the Presbyterian church, which is the church that uh, the denomination that RUF is associated with. Um, so I grew up, I grew up in the church. I grew up in a Christian home. Um, and though my parents were Christians, there's a lot of problems. <laughs> I grew up in a pretty hostile environment. A lot of, a lot of uh, issues with my family. Um, I was homeschooled uh, up until ninth grade. Um, so I get to ninth grade um, and I was sent to a private Christian school. So before ninth grade, uh, I, I can't, I, I, I would say I believed in God as long as I can remember. Um, I, you know, I said the confession when I was a kid, uh, genuinely believed in God. I would genuinely pray. Um, but my belief in God was really just a belief in God and not a, I, I would say it wasn't a real, uh, relationship with God. Um, I got sent to private school, uh, because my parents couldn't get me to do any work <laughs> when I was homeschooled. So I went to Washington Christian Academy, um, and I became incredibly bitter. Uh, what we didn't know at the time was I have a eye problem that is pretty uh, uncommon, or at least most people don't catch it, where it's something about the connection between my eyes and my brain. So if I would read a lot, I would get migraines. So this caused a lot of strife with me and my parents because they assumed that I just didn't want to work, but I would just get crazy migraines and not be able to work. And so this put me in a position where I basically had just decided that I didn't care about anything anymore. Um, I, had, I started getting really into skateboarding and super into heavy metal and all kinds of stuff like that. Those, those kind of genres. Um, and I got to the school and I just didn't care at all. I was like, cause I didn't know I had an eye problem either. So I'm like, school sucks. I can't do this. My parents are mad at me. I'm mad at my parents. I just don't care. I'm just going to do my own thing. Um, and so it was rough. It was rough for a long time. I think my freshman year of high school, I had a 1.8 GPA or something insane, like really, really low. Um, and uh, it was, yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, my sophomore year, I started to make some more friends. Um, but then by the time that I got to my junior year, um, I was just incredibly bitter and angry. Um, I was angry at my parents. 
I knew I wasn't, I thought I wasn't allowed to be angry at God because I understood that you're supposed to have a reverence for God. But at that point, I really just looked at him as somebody that you pray to when you're going to get in trouble or if something really bad is going to happen, but not somebody that I felt uh, had any type of vested interest in my happiness at all. Um, so by, by my junior year, uh, I was able to drive um, and before that, I wasn't really able to go anywhere. I lived in a really strict household, so I wasn't really able to do too much. So now I'm, you know, I'm 16 and I'm able to drive. And so at this point, I'm like, well, I'm just going to do whatever I want. So I got pretty into smoking weed and drinking and I would get drunk on field trips and do all, you know, all this kind of stuff. I got sent to summer school um, and I was just going, <laughs> I was just getting worse and worse and worse. Uh, I started dating this girl who was a really horrible influence on me. Um, so all of this, basically I get to, uh, I don't know, February or, or uh, March of my junior year. Um, my girlfriend breaks up with me and all of my friends in our social circle uh, decided to dump me. <laughs> and it was on 420, or no, it was April because it was 420. And there was an Easter service and I thought that me and all my friends were going to go smoke weed. And then they all ditched me and lied to me and said they were all going to different places. But really, they just didn't want to hang out with me because my ex-girlfriend didn't want to be around me. So I go to the park near my house and I'm just so pissed off and just so uh, just just so upset because I don't have anything left anymore. I don't have my friends anymore. And that was the only thing that I had. Um, I had, you know, I was miserable at home. I was miserable at school, but at least I had my friends and now I didn't have any friends. Um, so I'm, I'm just sitting out there <laughs> literally in the rain, just super upset. Um, just, just wallowing in it. Um, and my mom texted me and said, you have to come home. Cause I was only allowed to have a half an hour <laughs> of not doing school every day after school. So she said, you have to come home. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to go home. And so I get up to leave and I'm just kind of looking up into the sky. And I think the best way to describe it is I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hear God's like audible voice. I didn't see some crazy thing, but I felt the, the comfort and the presence of the Holy spirit just out of nowhere. I just looked up and I felt that God could see me and I wasn't praying. I wasn't, I wasn't, I'm like, I believed in God, but I never actually cared about my relationship with him. But I felt as though he met me where I was at right there. And I felt like he was telling me that was like, I was like, oh, you're real. You see me. I can feel that you see me right now. Um, and I could just feel him telling me that he was going to take care of me. Not, not an audible voice or anything, but I, I, it's, it's hard to describe, but that was that moment where I didn't know it, but that was the moment that Christ changed my whole life. And that's the moment where he came and got me <laughs> and I didn't even know it and I didn't ask for it. Um, and so after that, you know, uh, I had lost all my friends. So I ended up having to make new friends. Um, and I made friends with uh, Christians at my school. And, you know, the next thing I knew six months later, someone's passing me a blunt and I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> you know, and my, my life had just totally changed. Uh, and I didn't realize it because mind you, I thought I was a Christian. I had the mindset of I'm a Christian, I'm saved so I can do whatever I want because God will forgive me no matter what. 
Um, obviously, we know that that's the Bible says <laughs> the exact opposite. We can't just sin just because we know God will forgive us. But I was I just didn't understand what that relationship with Christ looked like until then. Um, so then, you know, I got to uh, I got to college. I got uh, involved in a campus ministry. I got involved with crew at Howard Community College. Um, and that's where my faith really started to take shape. And I started to learn what it looked like to follow Christ and have, uh, him actually, uh, you know, have an impact on my life. Um, and so I became a student leader and I started leading Bible studies. Um, and I just really fell in love with campus ministry. Um, and so from that point on, I knew I wanted to do ministry at the same time. I was also playing in a, a Christian metal band, um, and so I did that for a while too. At first I was like, maybe I'll just do this music thing. But then people in my band didn't want to be a Christian band anymore. So I was like, all right, it's, it's time to, time to go do ministry. So I went to, I went to seminary for a few years. Um, and then, uh, I met Chris and I got plugged in with RUF. Um, and now I'm doing what I love. I love it less during COVID, but <laughs> I, I, I love campus ministry. I love RUF and uh, yeah, that's how I got here. So that's it for me. Thanks, Josh. Awesome. Hello, everybody. If you have not met me yet, my name is Valerie. This is my first year at the RUF internship. And I came from uh, the University of Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That's where I went for undergrad. So my Jesus story is going to come at y'all today in like three-ish parts. A uh, quick early life overview so you know where I'm coming from. And then we're going to zoom in and focus on like freshman and sophomore year of college. Because uh, lots of nonsense happened then. <laughs> and then the third part will just be like since then and where we're at. So... For the sake of brevity and keeping things interesting, not going to talk much about my young self. I grew up in a household that knew about Jesus, and we went to church, and we prayed before meals, and it was great, and I am genuinely thankful for it, but that's about where my family's pursuit of God stopped. Um, I also went to a church that was super great at evangelizing and bringing people in, but once you were there, you didn't really know why. Uh, I was led to believe that if you weren't emoting correctly, you didn't love Jesus enough, which is very dangerous. I would have crises of faith all the time, and I've probably had like five come to Jesus moments in my life. Um, as far as knowing why I believed what I believed, I didn't really have a leg to stand on, and my faith was super experienced, focused, and superficial. So rolling into high school, I started struggling with depression and anxiety around my junior year, and I started having suicidal thoughts my senior year. I was just so tired of feeling like both nothing and everything at once and just being in pain. And God delivered me from this. Um, there was through four ladies at the church that I was going to at the time. They were a part of the, what do you call it, network, and they were visiting and doing like really hardcore prayer sessions with people. So you could sign up for a time slot. Uh, another lady in my church basically signed me up. <laughs> she could tell that uh, I was in pain uh, and that I needed help. And so these ladies coached me and encouraged me through praying through my fears and insecurities and laying down my brokenness and uh, just all of my hopes and dreams before God, what was probably the first genuine time in my life. And honestly, from there, um, the, the change was fairly instantaneous. I was still pretty tender and vulnerable, 
but in that aftermath, I was basically at that time waiting for college to start. And I'm not here to tell you that like everyone's healing journey can be that way. Um, and I've also struggled with seasons of depression since then. I'm actually taking antidepressants now. And that's been its own whole thing of like not freaking out about meds and realizing the role it can place in our lives. So if you want to have a conversation about that sometime, I would love to talk about it. But yeah, at that, at that point in time, God acted through these strangers, these women in the church <laughs> to help me from a really dark place. Um, so we go from there, we start college. And to say that I was not prepared is a profound understatement. Uh, I was a Christian when I entered college, but I was proud and abrasive, analytical to a fault and scared of nearly all emotions and people. My mindset was very much like, you don't care about me. I don't need to care about you. Life is a zero sum game. I'm here to get my degree and get out and I'm gonna save the world with my 3D printer. And it did not take much more than a couple of weeks and a couple of returned assignments for me to realize how much I idolized success and all, like just also how little control I ultimately had. Um, at the same time, I was dating this guy that I met through church. I met him on the worship team. He was in leadership. And throughout freshman year, he emotionally manipulated me until I was disarmed to all normal red flags. And eventually he took advantage of me and sexually abused me. So I retreated completely into myself, isolated myself from everybody. And I survived the rest of my freshman year as just like a shell of a person. I worked from the time I got up to the time I went to bed because I couldn't handle anything else. Um, and I realized in December, which was a couple of months after the fact, what had happened to me. And it's the only reason I realized what happened was because I heard someone's story that was nearly identical to my own. And that person called it abuse. And I honestly consider myself one of the lucky ones in this larger scope of things, because some people sit on it for decades and they have a lot more emotional hard work and hard digging to, to face all of that. So the wounds I was working with were fresh and uncauterized. But as you might be able to imagine, I was physically and emotionally in shambles. I was unable to enter a church sanctuary without having a panic attack. I became buried alive in my insecurities and failures and fears and was completely unaware of the numbness I lived in just to get through each day. Uh, I convinced myself that I didn't have time to go to church or that I didn't have time to eat beyond the bare minimum and sleep really only came in brief collapses of exhaustion. I was running away from everything that I was and was not and what had happened to me in that past year. Um, so I couldn't enter a church for a year. My voice to worship God had been taken as well as like entire worship communities and towards it was the beginning of the summer, my freshman year, I started counseling to help me just kind of be like, all right, looking at the pieces around me, what are we going to do with this? <laughs> um, and that counselor was able to help me find who I was in God from rock bottom because I really had nowhere else to go at that point. Um, also through a friend, I started attending RUF. I met Bates campus minister uh, at my first meeting. His name is Derek Bates and was immediately drawn in by his resolute and humble sincerity. The students that I met there also reflected this attitude and this community found me when I was at my lowest and drew me in without hesitation. I was sought after and supported and heard by 
a group of students and campus staff that were strangers to me, but cared for me like family. So towards the end of the summer, that summer, and through many hours of work in counselors and really good friends, uh, the heaviest and most like haunting of my chains had started to fall off, but I hadn't really reclaimed any joy. And I asked my brother to help me start going back to church. It's something that God was prompting me of like, all right, I really need to start to re-engage with this community. And normally whenever I give my testimony, <laughs> I like people can't imagine what it's like to not be able to be with a church community or worship in a congregation for a year. But unfortunately, all of us have the misfortune of having that sense of community and that sense of freedom taken away from us. But students, when I tell you that first time, that first time I entered a church and was able to worship freely and with joy for a year, it was so, so good. So when COVID ends and should we get the pleasure of seeing each other in person at a church and you see me playing bass on a worship team, you are witnessing a miracle. I have no business playing on a worship team. I have no business entering a church. You're seeing a constant testimony of God's grace and love and faithfulness because it makes zero sense for me to be doing it otherwise. The fact that I am also now married is a miracle too. <laughs> I went from a traumatized, depressed, and borderline anti-man high schooler to an abused in church college student to someone who is joyfully married to a young man who loves God more than he loves me and it is such a gift. Um, and I know that like, there's never going back to the person that I was before, but God lifted me from the depths of my shame and I learned that I should not fear falling apart because there is redemption in rock bottom. Um, so that, that was my freshman and sophomore year. Entering into the last part of my testimony, how, how did I get where I am today? And it started actually with a missions trip the spring of my sophomore year. Um, I went with RUF. It, we went to, we worked with an organization called Sacred Road, which works with the Yakima Native American Nation in Washington State. They are a wonderful organization. Love them. They've been there for like 10 years, constant presence in the community. Um, and I'll say quickly, because I'm not sure just the awareness of Native America, but Yakima in particular is an extremely poverty-stricken and broken community. There's a generations of abuse and despair and death, but in, I was able to enter with this team <laughs> into this thick darkness, and that has a way of making God's constant love and goodness shine with such intensity and piercing clarity. I was able to witness genuine joy and trust in the kids that we worked with in their eyes because uh, that's the way that uh, this ministry is working with that community they're loving the kids because uh, those kids parents often can't give them the love that they need and i was able to see grown native men cry as they told us how their stories of pain turned from stories to hope and these people aren't necessarily christians they are just loved faithfully with the simple gospel and this ministry was restoring justice piece by piece and claiming small victories and reclaiming souls for the glory of God's kingdom. So I went on this missions trip and one of the most powerful things for me there was just the weight of God's presence. At that time I was still uh, struggling with anxiety and PTSD from my abuse and so I was going into this trip being like 
I don't know how this week is going to go. We'll see. And I didn't even notice it until after the fact, but I had like no symptoms the entire week. And God spoke to me through that. And he was like, you will never be more at peace, open for healing and or susceptible to joy than when you are doing God's work and loving his creation and his kids like he loved us. So I, I was depressed, angry, traumatized, not liking people was my thing. And here I was and God made my heart like the Grinch and it grew three sizes and it was overwhelmed with joy and gratitude and it broke all at the same time. Uh, so that trip was the starting point for me, not running away from the question of what God wanted for my life even if it looked vastly different than anything that I had thought or planned. I hadn't been willing in the past to actually pause with that question and yeah, let it change me and trust him and see what letting go of control and leaning into him actually meant. But the, my buddies at RUF and the staff at Pitt, they gave me that community of believers to really dive into that question. And he used it to teach me so many things. Um, he showed me that we are meant to live with mercy and generosity and self-sacrifice at the forefront of our decision-making and that there is such safety and joy to be had in letting yourself feel the deep affection that you have for people that's born of Christ's love for us. And I can wear my rejoicing in my morning on my sleeve. Um, so now that's about caught up to today. Today, the Lord is still good. He's still looking out for me. Uh, <laughs> I, I still wrestle with lots of things. I'm wrestling through what it means to not continuously be hard on myself and to view myself with like the dignity and grace that God extends to all his children. And you know, who am I to condemn myself when through Jesus' blood, he has named me new. Um, I wrestle with really hard family problems of like, what does it mean to love people that are abusive and wrestling with the long arc of justice in what love looks like. And I'm figuring out a lot about boundaries and ex expectations and Sabbath. Who knew rest was so hard? <laughs> um, but I'm also, God is showing me, growing me and exploring what it means to be fully alive. You know, like we can't reach our full redemption and potential on this side of heaven, but there's so much of God's glory in a human who is fully alive. And so I'm still teasing out what the path is before me. I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up, but I don't know where I'm going, but I know who I'm going with. And that is my good Lord Jesus. So if any part of my story resonated with y'all, or if y'all are curious about anything, I'm an open book and would love to have a one-on-one -on -one talk with you about any of it. And there's, yeah, there's so much power in healing and vulnerability in stories. So that is my Jesus story. Thank you so much, Valerie and Josh. Um, let me just say a couple of things. Um, you know, we believe, you know, at RUF, we believe the gospel and we believe that, uh, um, you know, a couple of things like number one, like we're bigger sinners than we realize. And that a lot of times we don't realize how big of a sinner we are until, you know, we go through things like stresses and all the, and the different issues that Valerie and Josh were talking about. And, and, and then at the other side, we believe that God loves us more than we can imagine. And, 
you know, Christ came for us to die and to rise and to give us his righteousness and to unite us to himself. And so all that to say is that, um, yeah, we believe that, you know, what you just heard tonight with these two interns is like the power of God, um, the Holy Spirit working in our life over a period of years. And so um, we believe that the, the college years are some of the prime years where God does his work because you're, you know, you're in between that like adolescent stage and becoming adults. And what am I going to do with my life? Who are my friends? What's my purpose? What do I, all these different questions and things are coming at you. And so what better place to like deal with all this stuff with the community of believers that are dealing with, you know, are wrestling with the same things. And so really want to, want to encourage you guys to know your story and to start thinking about like who, who you are, where you came from, who am I, what do I really believe? Like, these are like a lot of people don't ask these questions. And so this is the time to really be honest and like explore like who you are and what you really believe, even if you grew up in the church or in, in your Christian family and stuff. Um, and like be honest and be open and, and talk to us because we'd love to engage with you about these things and about the gospel and, and just about the stuff we all struggle with, man, we're all there. And, the beauty of these little stories is that God in his grace brings us into his big story, you know, the big story of creation, fall, redemption, glory that, you know, and this is what God is doing in the gospel. He's like, it's like we have our little stories, but they, they blend into his big story. And so that's what you're hearing tonight. So anyway, I just want to, before we go to prayer time, one, number one, just thank Josh and Valerie just for their honesty and sharing. And yeah, and we're, we're open, like, you know, do one-on-ones with us. Let's talk about these issues that, that might be suppressed and maybe God's bringing up in your life. Um, this is a safe place to do that. And uh, yeah. And so we look forward to, you know, we're hoping that like COVID, the reason why we're trying to do a, a summer conference and a missions trip is because we believe that with the vaccination coming online and uh, we believe that things are going to open up, but we want to try to gain momentum as a ministry and as a fellowship, you know, this summer, as we go into next fall, where it's supposed to, you know, we're all going to be back. So anyway, with that said, um, we're going to go into some prayer rooms for like seven or eight minutes, just to like share a burden and, uh, pray for one another. And uh, anyway, but thanks. Thanks, everybody. And I hope you have a great rest of your uh, Easter week. And we'll be back again with everything like regular Wednesday night stuff next week. So yeah. Thanks. Praise God. I think that was he's the host. There we go.